are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here we go on this Monday. Happy to be back with you all. Try to get a guest host for Friday, but couldn't do it. A much needed mini vacation long weekend for me and... Happy to be back and feeling refreshed and excited after a big Pelicans win yesterday against the Denver Nuggets. Pelicans 2-2 two two on this road trip. We'll dive into all of that in the second and third segments of today's show. But we're going to lead off with what the biggest news is, and that's the trade deadline. We're going to probably talk about trade stuff every single day this week. But we're going to lead off with Lonzo Ball, who had an inconsistent weekend to some degree. Didn't play in yesterday's game. Not the greatest game before that. But we'll take a look at... What the latest rumors are, could he get moved? Is he maybe the most likely player to get moved to the trade deadline? So let's dive into it all at in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. So the biggest news around the Pelicans comes with the trade deadline being this week in just a couple of days here on Thursday, I believe. And the Ringer put out a story that there's interest in Lonzo Ball. And look, there's going to be interest league-wide. The question is, what are you willing to give up for him, of course, and then pay him? And we'll get into some of that contract stuff here in a second. The Clippers are interested in him because they certainly need another ball handler on that team. And here's what the report is from Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer. Quote, there's skepticism around the league that the Pelicans will move Lonzo Ball ahead of the deadline, but that won't stop teams from trying. League sources say the Bulls and Hawks are both in both in pursuit. Chicago has offered Thomas Sadoransky and second round picks, but New Orleans is asking for at least one good first round pick or a young player. Talks with Atlanta have revolved around Cam Reddish. Ball would be an excellent fit in Chicago or Atlanta alongside either uh, team's one time all star guard in Zach Levine or Trey Young. End quote. Okay, so a couple of things here. One, that Bulls offer is just straight trash. Second round picks in Thomas Sadoransky, even if you like Sadoransky, yeah, no, that, that's not going to work whatsoever. The other part is they're asking for a pick or a young player, meaning that he doesn't have the most value. If it took like a young player, you'd be able to get this deal done probably right away. Or if it only took a lottery protected first, top 10 protected first, something like that, you'd probably be able to get this done. I think teams could give up something like that. Problem is, you know, the teams giving up those first round picks are likely to not be good teams. I don't know if that's exactly what Atlanta wants to do. Cam Reddish is the interesting name here because it's a young wing that the was taken 10th overall, so two spots after Jackson Hayes, before Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And look, another wing, you, you don't get very many cracks at really, really good ones. And if he's young, shows some potential, he was a 3 and D guy in college, you, you wonder if maybe he could be something special, right? Played at Duke, so it kind of adds to the Duke contingent here as well. There's something to be said for that. Problem is, one, Cam Reddish is hurt right now, but it sounds like that should be ending somewhat um, in the near future. He's out of a boot, I think, which is good. But he, he hasn't been good. 
And when you compare him to Jackson Hayes, I think he's kind of shown less than Jackson Hayes has. He's averaging for his career in two seasons, part of two seasons, right? Played 58 games last year, 26 games this year, 21 starts this year. 10.7 points, 1.5 assists, 3.8 rebounds. He's shooting 31% from three and 38% from the field. There's not a whole lot of three going on there, and his defense hasn't particularly been good either, so not a whole lot of D either. And when that's the case, I'm not not too sure if that's a project that you want to take on, given that you've already got a lot of player development work you need to do here in New Orleans. So if he's the centerpiece, and if it's going by what the ringer says of one young player or one pick, you know, you're not getting a Hawks first-round pick and Cam Reddish, which would make me intrigued by this deal. It's just Cam Reddish and he hasn't been good. So unless you think they can really kind of reshape him, turn him into something else, not saying that he can't be, he's also shooting 26% from three this year on six attempts per game. You know, I don't know if it's worth moving Lonzo Ball, who has been playing. It's a little bit hit or miss. We'll get into that from his performance against the Portland Trailblazers, not the Denver Nuggets. But I don't know if you want to move a productive player for a non-productive player. I think the reason for a trade like this would be because he's a second-year player, so you've got two more years of him before you need to make a decision on whether he gets paid or not or if you're going to pay him or not. But then you're just kind of kicking the can down the road of what you've got with Lonzo Ball for two more years. You trade Lonzo Ball for Cam Reddish, then in two years Cam Reddish doesn't work out, and you let him go, you still lost that Lonzo Ball asset for nothing, right? And if that's what the Pelicans are worried about doing, I, I don't know if this is the trade because I wouldn't say there's any indication that points to him becoming, you know, a, a solid starter. It's not like the Hawks have been good, right? Their defense has been atrocious. He hasn't been shooting the three ball well. What, what's he supposed to do here? Lonzo Ball at least plays defense and shoots the three well. It's like a, a worse version of Lonzo Ball at a different position to some degree. Now, Lonzo Ball's tricky, though, because of the salary thing. But I want to look at that. We'll do that in the next segment, and we'll touch on the weekend coming up after that um, as we really kind of dive into a lot of trade deadline stuff this week. So let's do that. Coming up, Lonzo Ball and his contract situation, comparing it to maybe some others around the league. But right now, those two trade offers been offered here to New Orleans that we've seen reported. Not real good deals for Lonzo Ball. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or just someone like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and is as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George and DeAndre Hopkins, hundreds of thousands of customers. So try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on. 
Today's episode also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers reality TV, awards, and other TV shows as well. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Plus, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's free money right there. Go to betonline.com. AG, your online sportsbook experts, use promo code LOCKED ON. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, so Lonzo Ball, still the Pelicans potentially looking to trade him, even though the Ringer article says maybe a little bit less likely than earlier on in the year. And look, he's played well. There, there's no denying it. But the issue with him has never been his his play in terms of how good it can be or all the potential that he has. One, it's consistency. And two, it's what, do you, what are you going to pay him? What's that kind of uh, contract worth? And if you think he's going to get 20 plus million dollars, well, I took a look at some of the numbers, kind of curious. How many guys are making 20 plus million a year in the NBA? Well, the answer to that is 53 there's a couple of guys in that 18-19 range I want to mention as well. So Zach Levine makes $19.5 million all-star this year. You've got uh, a guy like Julius Randle, all-star, also making $19 million. He's going to be making $20 million next season. Terry Rozier, uh, $19 million this year, 18 next year on a declining deal. Malcolm Brogdon. 20.7. Victor Oladipo, 21. Fred Van Vliet, 21 and a half on a kind of declining deal. Harrison Barnes in the mid-20s. Now, now, I think basically every player we've named, or almost every player, is better than Lonzo Ball. And that's fine. You know, you still get some other guy, maybe other than Harrison Barnes, um, I think. Buddy Heald makes $24 million on a declining deal. He's not as good, I'd say, as Lonzo Ball is. Um, Steven Adams this year making $27 million. Otto Porter is on a $28 million deal. That kind of, exp- it's an expiring deal. D'Angelo Russell's getting paid $30 million for the next couple of years. Is he better than Lonzo Ball? I think that might be a bit of an open question at this point. So when you look at some of this, you know, he he's... Not quite at the level of those guys, but of course, salaries are going to keep going up in the NBA. So even if he makes more than them, but he's worse than them, it's just kind of how it goes. The thing that I look at with some of those players on some of those deals, and like some of them don't deserve that money, right? Like Harrison Barnes, you know, shouldn't be being paid that. Um, you could argue that Brogdon should. Other, you know, there's Gary Harris at 19. He makes $20 million next season. Some of these guys, you could say, you know, don't deserve the money. But is it hampering their teams from being good or getting deals done? And I think that's an important thing to kind of keep in mind when it comes to this. You know, if you're if you're going to pay him that and are still able to move him in the future and it's not necessarily a bad, bad deal, maybe it's just a slight overpay, which sometimes you need to do. I don't think it's nearly as bad giving him 20 to 22 to 24 million dollars, given some of what you've seen from him. Again, the problem is consistency. And against the Portland Trailblazers in the second game, he wasn't particularly consistent in that one. Three of 11 from deep, 15 points on the night. He was six of 15 overall, did finish with eight assists, but really struggled in the second half of that game. And those nights happen, but when you're trying to get paid, and the spotlight's on you a little bit more. You want to minimize that somewhat. But we've seen that kind of be the case with Lonzo Ball this year. So this is why the Pelicans are shopping him, though. I think that inconsistency and the fact that this could could turn into a bad contract. There's potential that it doesn't. And that's why, and this just came out in The Athletic, that there is a price 
they have for Lonzo Ball, and you've basically just got to meet that. Otherwise, no chance with them, and they're going to roll with him the rest of the year and then kind of figure it out in free agency. I also don't think there's any problem with letting him expire. This is the sunk cost fallacy idea, and I get that you want to get assets back for him, but if those assets aren't good assets, does it really matter? Is the cap space worth it a little bit more because you're going to need a match salary to send him out, which means taking on more money that probably goes into other seasons. So I don't see as big of an issue with letting him expire if that's the case or just signing with another team and not re-signing him and he walks and you get nothing back for him, but whatever. Like, I don't get excited about second round picks. You guys probably had the same reaction to the Thomas Sadoransky and a couple of second round picks trade. Like, no, no way. I'd rather keep him. Second round picks aren't all that useful in the NBA. Convince me otherwise. And don't point to Draymond Green as an example. These things rarely move the needle on trades. They rarely turn into very, very productive players in the NBA or even rotation guys. If it's second round picks, you're getting back for him. Just, you just kick tires on him for 30 more games. And if he balls out for 30 more games and you feel more comfortable giving him the money, at least you have him here. But moving him for a guy like Cam Reddish, who more likely than not isn't going to give you anywhere near the production that Lonzo Ball's given you. Uh, but when you look at his contract in terms of kind of the larger NBA and guys making over $20 million, like, yeah, it, it makes you a little bit nervous, I think, when it comes to some of these players. He'd be making more than Karis Silver. He'd be making more than Eric Gordon. Um, he'd be making more than Eric Bledsoe, which probably deserved um, and you kind of put it on all there and some of those guys just aren't helping their teams as much and aren't worth the money again I don't know if they're stopping moves from being made but this Pelicans team when you factor in Zion's extension in a couple of years assuming he signs one all of a sudden you're committing 30 million dollar plus he'll probably be making like 35 at that point 30 to Brandon Ingram or so 20 to Lonzo Ball that team just got really, really, really expensive. And that's not even factoring anything into a guy like Josh Hart and others. So this team gets expensive. And that's where the Lonzo Ball contract, while these other deals might not be hurting their teams that they're on, might actively hurt New Orleans. And that's something that does make me nervous a little bit. But when you look at him in some of those names, $20 million from hit for him sounds about right. And so I don't necessarily hate him getting that contract, particularly with how well he's played here in New Orleans. But in terms of the trade deadline, his name's going to be in there right until the very end, but it's going to take a team needing to come up with a better offer than Cam Reddish or Thomas Sadoransky and two second-round picks. All right, let's get into the games this weekend. Really only one game. We'll touch on the Portland game, but I do want to look at the Denver game from a different angle. So let's dive into that coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans. We'll get to that in a second, but today's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. And Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so it's no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. And if you don't like swallowing pills, there's no problem here as Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Their tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal just for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 
shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on, receive your first month free. And we thank Bluechew for sponsoring the podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. I actually just reordered. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, delicious tasting protein bar with 100% real chocolate on all of the bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Birthday cake wins this battle every single time. In any form, birthday cake is probably going to be just coconut flavored. I like coconut. I've had the coconut built bar it's basically like an almond joy or mounds i guess the same thing right and it's delicious but birthday cake even more delicious so if you want to vote on this matchup or any of the ones go to builtbar.com or follow them on twitter at bar underscore built and remember use the promo code lock 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar Don't forget about the new feature here with Locked On Pelicans, the weekly chat on the Locker Room app. Just go to your app store, download Locker Room. You can follow me on there. It's at Nola Jake. And we're going to be doing these weekly on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. It was a lot of fun last time to hear your questions, your thoughts on the team, give my feedback and have you engage with each other. Really cool feature. Love the app and what it's been uh, able to provide. And we'll start using some of that here on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So it's your chance to get heard on here as well. So make sure you join Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central. Looking forward to talking with you all then. All right, two games over the weekend. The Pelicans splitting them going one in one. Sorry, I should say Thursday night, which basically was the start of my weekend here. Um, First one, losing to Portland in kind of a weird game. Low scoring for New Orleans, 93-101. Just couldn't get enough offense going on when defense actually played well. They made everyone other than Damian Lillard uncomfortable. C.J. McCollum was off in this one. Robert Covington, not going to really give you a whole lot. Derek Jones Jr. wasn't able to get anything done. And Carmelo Anthony wasn't the most efficient we've seen him be recently, even though he had 15 points off the bench. But Gary Trent Jr. going 1 of 11 certainly helps too. And Pelicans, like, did what they needed to do. Didn't let other guys beat him and let the, you know, guys like Damian Lillard do enough damage to... Make what this should have been a winnable game, basically. You you kind of limit everyone else. And Damian Lillard doesn't go into the 40s. You should have a good chance to win. New Orleans just didn't because they couldn't get enough offense going. Brandon Ingram was 7 of 21 in this one. 19 points for him on the night. Um, you had Eric Bledsoe, 7 total points. Lonzo Ball, 6 of 15. We just mentioned him. 15 points on the night. Nikhil Alexander-Walker going 2 of 10. Eight, 2 of 8 from 3 for 6 points. Just... No offense uncharacteristically for New Orleans. They gave up too many offensive rebounds in this game. Portland had 14 in this one, getting them easy second chance points. And New Orleans wasn't able to get out and run. And they weren't able to get any fast break points and in transition, really. Just six on the night. And it just really kind of limited them. And they weren't able to play their kind of style of ball. Like these games happen, right? Like these games are when they're kind of not the norm you feel okay with. And the Pelicans struggling to score isn't usually what we see from them. So... I don't know. These two losses to Portland don't completely rub me the wrong way. And even even the close one, this one is just kind of one of those games that happens over the long season. It is what it is. You kind of take it and just move on. What what I really liked was what we saw in the Denver game. So obviously there's you know the good, the win. 113-108 over the Denver Nuggets who've been playing as good of basketball as anyone in the league recently, I think. 30-point performances from Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. That's awesome to see as well. I've told you those two can coexist. Nikhil Alexander-Walker starting in place of Lonzo Ball who's out with an injured hip. 20 points from him. Perfect. Most importantly though, down the stretch... 
clutch performances from both Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, this is where you get really excited. This is where you've finally seen them step up in clutch situations and deliver. Because guess what? Those guys had identical stat lines in the final five minutes of this game. Eight points, two for two from the field, and four for four from the line. Stark contrast to what we saw against the Portland Trailblazers. We'd heard Damian Lillard say it, right? And I love this quote from him. I love this. You know, I've been here before. I've put in the work to learn what it, you know, and I know what it takes to win. Now I just got to go out and execute. Two games after just failing in the clutch, B.I. missing those free throws, right? He came through to help deliver a win. Stan Van Gundy said he played the final quarter of that game against Portland for, or the final six minutes against Portland for the Pelicans and hoped that they would learn from it, kind of, you know, process that, get through it, and go out and execute the next time you're in that position. They did. In the final five minutes, the only guy not named Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson to take a shot was Eric Bledsoe. And Josh Hart, he went to the line as well. So two guys took two shots total in the final five minutes that weren't Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson. They were feeding Zion. They were feeding B.I. And more importantly, those guys closed it out. Brandon Ingram, who struggled in clutch situations this year, got it done. That's awesome. That's exactly what you wanted to see out of these guys. I love that. Two games after that loss to Portland when you just threw it away, right? Could have won. Easily could have won that game. And instead, they stepped up in this one and got it done against a really, really good Denver Nuggets team. By the way, Steven Adams in this one was um, outstanding, I thought, on the night. And other guys really stepping up when you really needed to. Steven Adams just controlling the offensive glass, getting easy second-chance opportunities for New Orleans 7, particularly in the second quarter when they exploded. That's where they won this game, 36-21, to because they basically lost the first, lost the third, only outscored Denver by two, And it was that second quarter where they just made their money, got it done. That's exactly what you wanted to see from them. The bench stepped up just enough to outscore the Denver bench. They they have some depth issues there, I think. Um, But you, you know, give up a big game, a triple double to Nikola Jokic, but you get it done everywhere else. That's what I love to see. Good win for New Orleans. It's also why this team is so maddening, right? The Portland kind of debacles somewhat, but then you kind of do it big against the Denver Nuggets here and grab that victory. It's tough to get a read on this team, and it just shows you how good they can be when they start to put things together, which unfortunately needs to be more often than what they've been doing. But look, this was a tough eight-game stretch on. They're halfway through it now, four games in. They're two and two. It's pretty good. Like Over this stretch, now you're going to get a very winnable game against the Lakers uh, tomorrow night, which we'll preview in tomorrow's show too, because you've got no LeBron James in there. Things on this eight-game stretch look pretty good for New Orleans right now, and this is maybe where they're going to potentially turn the season around. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. More trade stuff tomorrow. Preview the game as well. It's going to be a fun and a busy week, so I hope you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget about the live locker room show on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. Hope to see you there. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.